1: example. He relied on prayer for his strength. Every morning he would get up and he'd go away and he would pray. Pray to the Father for strength for the day. He would fellowship for the Father. Now that's what we need to do is fellowship with the Father. So so to be prepared for life's challenges, to be prepared for everything that comes our way, we got to trust in Jesus for all things, not just some things, but all things. We got to love one another as Jesus has loved us. We got to rely on the Holy Spirit's lead, guide, and comfort we got to pray without ceasing.
0: As a believer, you may feel you're in a battle, but Jesus never intended you to fight in this life alone. He's not just a big guy in the sky watching his people figure out life. No. Today, Pastor Dave will remind you that God's with you in all things. You can stand firm with God through prayer, scripture, fellowship, and relying on the Holy Spirit. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John, chapter 21, as he continues his message, Witness. You are assured.
1: God created us to need each other, to fellowship one another. What is fellowship? Fellowship is hanging out with each other, whether it be this way, whether it be on the phone, whether it be through letters right now, hanging out with each other. Like-minded people who are disciples of Jesus Christ, those who have a hunger for his word and a passion to do his will, we want to hang out with those people. If you're hanging out with the old crowd... The old crowd's gonna do the old things. But if you're hanging out with Christians, if you're hanging out with those who hunger and thirst for God, who want to do God's will, you're gonna be led in the right way. You're gonna be led in the right path. You need a passion for this, and fellowship provides us the right environment. That pushes one another in love. Iron sharpens iron. And when I come up next to you and we talk, you sharpen me and I sharpen you and we move forward. You encourage me, I encourage you. You tell me the truth, I tell you the truth. We move forward together in oneness. And that's what fellowship's all about. Jesus commanded his disciples, he says, love one another, just do it. But then he says, as I have loved you. Whoa. And here we have this sacrificial love, this Totally sacrificial love, true agape love. Remember when Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these? He said, do you agape me? And Peter said, no, Lord, I phileo you. I can only love you with a brotherly love. Jesus says, as I have loved you, love one another. The same love that Jesus poured out on us, we need to pour out on others. We need to be pouring out on others. And that's going to bear fruit. People are going to see that love in you. They're going to want that love. What? Why do you love me so much? Why? In my, in my miserable state. Because Jesus loved me. Because Jesus loved me. And he loves you the same way. He doesn't love me more than he loves you. He loves us both the same. You just haven't accepted his love. And you become a witness for Christ. Washing each other's feet. Not literally, but helping one another. Sometimes, maybe literally. Some of us need a shower now and then. But we have to wash each other's feet. We have to lift each other up. We have to be there one another and help each other in our times of distress and times of need. Some people have real needs out there and you are in stress and you're depressed. You have anxiety and all sorts of things coming at you. We need to energize each other. We need to build each other up and encourage each other. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus did that for us. We're not alone, and you're not alone in any problem you may face. Don't see yourself isolated. You're not alone. We're in there with you, and Christ is right beside you. One commandment, love one another as I have loved you. It's difficult. This is love that produces fruit for God. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing for You can't manufacture this fruit. You can't manufacture this love. I can tell you what love is. He has a name, Jesus Christ. I didn't know what love was until I found Jesus Christ. I didn't know how to love my wife until I found Jesus Christ. I didn't know how to love her the way God wanted me to love her. I didn't know how to be the husband I was supposed to be, the father I was supposed to be, until I found Jesus Christ. He showed me to love in that way unconditional love, a sacrificial love. It's something I can't work up to. It's something I can't, oh, I'm going to work up to love now. Here we go. No, it doesn't work that day. There's too much struggle and effort in that. It fails every single time. But as I abide in Jesus Christ, as I take the nesty plunge and fall into his arms, he lifts me up and I can love someone who is unlovable. Not that any of you are unlovable. I'm probably the most unlovable, so don't feel bad. But you love all. And I'm not saying it's easy, but if you're not abiding in Jesus Christ, if you're not in Him firmly, you can't do this. You can't do this. And that's why it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and body, and soul, and strength. And before it says, love one another. Because if you're not loving God with everything you have, you can't love others. It can't be done. Many of us have tried it. Many of us. When we do this, This becomes a sign. They'll know your mind by the way you love one another. This becomes a sign to others, and they'll want to know why. And you get to tell them about Jesus Christ. You get to be a witness. You get to tell them about Jesus Christ. Thirdly, rely on the work of the Holy Spirit. Rely on the work of the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 7, Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus told his disciples, yes, I'm leaving. But I'm going to send you a comforter. One just like me. The same. I will be with you to the end of the age. How could you do that if you're going away? I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you me, God, another active agent of the Godhead in you. The Paracletus, the one who comes alongside, the one who exhorts, the one who encourages, the one who comforts, the one who consoles, and the one who leads us into the truth, the one who helps us to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit is the person of the Godhead dwelling in the world today. Holy Spirit challenges us. He calls us to obedience. He strengthens us when we're weak and weary, encourages us when we're down. He lifts us up when we are sad. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is not a one-time shot. The Holy Spirit will be you with always, he said, always, never leaving nor forsaking you. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, but welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. Welcome the Holy Spirit and submit to his will. Submit to the power of the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. Number four, pray, pray. Remember John 17 when Jesus prayed? In John 17, Jesus prayed. And he gives us this beautiful model prayer of which we can pray to the Father. He modeled it for the disciples. and He was modeled for us as so well. The importance of prayer, simply speaking to God and putting your heart before him. Well, I don't have to pray because God knows my heart. Yeah, he does. He wants to hear from you. It's a relationship. He wants to hear from you. He wants you to expound your heart to him. He wants you to ask. You have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. Think about it. Think about this privilege. Think about this right that God has given you. The right to request. The right to be an intercessor. Not just to come, but to come boldly. If we are abiding in Jesus Christ, we can come to the Heavenly Father and we can ask, we can request, we can submit. Wow. We don't realize what a beautiful privilege we have. What a glorious, glorious thing we have. And I'm going to say one more thing. I think it's a responsibility. That we come to the Lord in prayer. I lay my petitions at his feet. Just like Hezekiah spread those letters before the Lord. I lay my petitions at his feet. He says, I cast my cares on you, Lord, because I know you care for me. I lay it down, Lord, in front of you, knowing that you want the perfect thing for me. You have your best plan for me. I lay my requests at your feet, knowing that Jesus is making an for me. I love it. Paul tells us, hey, don't ever stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Don't ever stop praying. Pray constantly. Stay in contact constantly with the Lord stay that way Jesus is our example he relied on prayer for his strength every morning he would get up and he'd go away and he would pray pray to the father for strength for the day he would fellowship for the father now that's what we need to do is fellowship with the father so so to be prepared for life's challenges to be prepared for everything that comes our way we got to trust in Jesus for all things not just some things but all things We got to love one another as Jesus has loved us. We got to rely on the Holy Spirit's lead, guide, and comfort. And we got to pray without ceasing. John made it all clear in his gospel. He made it perfectly clear of what we're to do because he used Jesus' own words. We have an example here for which to follow. And then he says this in verse 24. He says, This is the disciple who just testifies of these things and who wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are so many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. He says, amen. John closes this beautiful, beautiful book, this gospel record by once again, Affirming his credibility as a witness. John has given us a beautiful example to follow. He's given us right here. He said, hey, listen, guys, I wrote these things, and what I'm saying is true. He's going to say that which we've seen, which we've heard, which we've talked to, that's what we've been together with, all those things, we've manifested that to you. He's going to say that. John was truth. He said, these words are true. What was John's main goal? Remember, Back in chapter 20, I think it was verse 21, was it? When he says that his main goal was that we would believe in Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing we would have life in his name. Chapter 30, 31 of chapter 20. And truly did did many other things. Signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So John concludes his Gospels. And in my opinion, when John concluded his Gospel, Jesus' words were ringing in his ears Way back in verse 22, at the end of verse 22, in chapter 21, when Jesus said those three words, You follow me. Were the disciples prepared? Were they ready to go? Probably not. There was something missing. There was something missing. Jesus had taken the disciples as far as he could. He had taught them and taught them and taught them and demonstrated and manifested the Father and given them everything that they needed for this. But they weren't ready. They weren't ready. Jesus knew they weren't ready. There's still something you have to have. There's still something that you need before you can move forward, gang. Gang. It's not over yet. There's one more bit of preparation that you're going to need. Acts of the apostles, which I like to call the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Jesus talks to the guys again. He's got them all assembled there. And he says in verse 4 of chapter 1, he says, And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy spirit. Not many days from now. So Jesus says, okay, guys, you're almost ready. You're right there, but you're still lacking one thing. And you need this more than anything. You need this more than anything else. It's my present going to be given to you by the Holy Spirit. My power going to be given you through the Holy Spirit. Now wait. Now you wait. The disciples, being like me, hardheads, they didn't understand. Look what they say in verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? If Jesus ever said, oy ve," it would be now. But you know what? After watching The Chosen, he just looked at them and smiled. And look what he says in the beautiful, beautiful scripture in verse 7 and 8. He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. End of the earth. Wow. What a beautiful statement. A beautiful statement that Jesus says to them. He says, Guys, you're just about there. You're Inches away from being ready to do what we've called you to do. You're you're right there. And everything, once the Spirit comes upon you, everything that I've said, everything that we've done, everything that you see will all come true. It will all make sense to you. And you'll start to go, wow, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You'll start to know. Guess what? These guys were obedient. These guys were obedient to Jesus Christ. And they went into an upper room. And the scripture says there was 120 of them in an upper room. And they were all in one accord. And no, that wasn't a Honda. They were all in there. It says they had like minds. They had like minds. And they were waiting. And they were praying. And they were seeking. And they were thinking about God. And they were wanting to be together with him. And the Holy Spirit fell. Bam! The beginning of chapter 2, the Holy Spirit falls upon them. And they all start speaking in tongues and, and, and fire, fire around them. And they, this wild, wild thing happened. And the people in the village hear them. The people around, all the crowd is there because it, the, it was the Feast of Pentecost. And all the crowd around are going, these guys are drunk. And our man Peter, our man Pete, gets up and says, these guys are not drunk. And he proceeds to give this beautiful gospel message empowered by the Holy Spirit. He said, Listen, what you guys are hearing are the words of God. And each one of them said, yeah, it's the word of God I hear in my own language. 3,000 were saved that one day. And the church of Jesus Christ was born. The church that we're a part of. That church is still happening today. It's still going today. But you're not prepared yet unless you have the Holy Spirit. You're not prepared unless you've been baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. You may be struggling because you don't have that power within you. How do you get that? Simple ask. Ask God. Ask God to give it to you. Ask God and receive by faith, receive that power. And just watch what happens. Watch the change. Watch what happens. You may find yourself speaking in a foreign tongue. You may find yourself prophesying. You may find yourself doing this or that. But something's going to happen. You need to be prepared for that. And then things will really go. Then you'll be moving. Think about it. Think about it. When the church was born that day as the Holy Spirit fell, John came alongside his friend Peter and they followed Jesus. And his spirit led them right into the book of Acts and the other disciples and they turned the world upside down. They turned the world upside down. Actually, They turned the world right side up. And the rest is history. But had they not trusted in Jesus, had they not waited and asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, had they not been transformed, had they not followed Jesus, loving one another, constantly praying, they would have remained fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. And the world would have never heard of them. So what the tell you. They had a choice. They made the choice to follow Jesus. They made the choice to allow the Holy Spirit into their lives. They made the choice to, by faith, accept everything that Christ had given them, everything the Holy Spirit wanted to do in them. They made the choice to say yes. Have you made that choice? Have you made that choice in your life today? First of all, Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you asked forgiveness for your sin? For we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's no one righteous, no, not one. And sin keeps us separated from God. But you can have renewed fellowship with God. You can be reconciled to God by the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ on a cross. And you can come back to God. God's waiting for you to come back to him so he can fellowship with you, so he can love you. So he can lift you up. But you can't do it without Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him. That's what it says in John 14, 6. Jesus is the way, the only way. He is the truth, the only truth. He is the life, the only life. There is no truth, there is no way, there is no life outside of Jesus Christ. Regardless of what you've heard everywhere else. What you've heard everywhere else is a lie from the pit of hell. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. Only one. And if you think I'm narrow-minded, well, praise God, because that's what it says in Scripture, it says narrow is the way. If you haven't done that, you can't do anything else. That is where it starts. Giving your heart to Jesus Christ, accepting his sacrifice on the cross for your sins, confessing and asking him to come into your life. When you do that, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. Jesus breathed on the apostles in in chapter 20, and they received the Holy Spirit. They were born again. They had the Holy Spirit. But then they had to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come on top of them, to give them power to be witnesses. Have you done that? It's by prayer you do. Folks, if you haven't noticed If you haven't looked around and seen what the world is coming to and what's going on, you have to know, if you know anything about Scripture, that we are in the last, last days. Notice how the earthquakes are ramping up? Not to talk about the little thing off the coast of South Carolina, the hurricane. Folks, the time is short. The dispensation of grace is about to end. Right now, you can come in through grace by accepting Jesus Christ. When the rapture happens and we're out of here, then you will have to be martos. You will have to be martyred into the kingdom. And that's not going to be pleasant. Why wait? Why don't you do it today? Why don't you accept Jesus right where you are right now? Ask him into your heart. Confess your sin. Tell him that you want to live for him. And he'll tell you those beautiful words, follow me. Do it today. Do it today. A simple prayer. And then after you've done that, then pray to the Father for the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray to the Father that he would pour his Holy Spirit upon you and energize you for the work that he's called you to do. Because he has called you for a work. You are his poema. You're his painting, his poem that he's written. John had a story to tell. And John told his story and we read through it. It took us four years and several months to read through the story of John. You have a story also. You have a story in your life of how Jesus came and touched you and did mighty works in your life. And you can write that down for others to read. And others can see, and you can share that with others. It's called a testimony. And you can do that.
0: The Gospel of John was written from a perspective that provides an eyewitness account of what happened during the life of Jesus here on earth. Different than the other three Gospels, John's book describes Jesus in ways that confirm him as the Son of God. There are things done and said that can only point to Jesus being far more powerful than what a human could do. In the Old Testament, God referred to himself as, I am. In this book, John recounts how Jesus said, I am the light of the world, I am the way, the truth and the life, and I am the resurrection and the life. These were bold statements, but Jesus proved throughout his ministry that they were indeed true. He lived a life that compelled people to follow at that time, to seek Him out, and to commit their lives. And we can also follow Him today. If you missed any part of today's teaching, or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AsureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps you were listening. You realized that you have some questions about faith, and maybe even about salvation. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609 609- Eight eight four five eight two one. You can also click on the Jesus tab at AssureHopeRadio.com. This will provide you with a succinct picture of who Jesus is and how He can change your life. Thank you again for taking the time to learn about God's Word today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope.